a Lifetime original podcast. You know, in in the Lifetime movies, when people are like, I have no family, I have no friends, I'm like, now I'm going to go, oh, they're all excommunicated Amish. Like, (laughs) that makes sense now. Like, I have nothing. I've run away. I love a Lifetime movie. Don't worry. It's Lifetime. Oh, you want to solve it? Okay, I guess I'll go home. I'm gonna clock out. I said the beard budget must have been thousands. I got kids, I got a wife, and I got a calculator. That's what I've said about you for years. I said, do you know Megan Gailey? She is a female American Ricky Gervais. I'm sure the dad was like, you smiled. (laughs) We made an arrest. What? Yeah. Who? An Amish man, Samuel Hirschberger. Samuel Hirschberger? That's not right. Oh, we got a pile of evidence. We got clothing from the victims found in his barn and uh, blood from the victims on his floor. You don't buy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie, because I do. It's the truth. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Ekparrigan, joined by the sun to my moon. Mm. We saw each other in real life just last night. Yep. So it's a double dose of the one, the only, Megan Gailey. Megan! Here I am, long time no see. <laughs> hair still popping. Your hair still popping from last night. Well, thank you. I put it in like a bun, you know, and then took it out this morning. And even Conrad was looking at it like, what do you have going on? <laughs> what What's my mom up to? It was thrilling to see you last night. I still have my leftovers in the fridge, so... We'll be getting into those later. How later? Because I almost, I just stopped myself from getting into them before we recorded. It is 11 a.m., you guys. And I was like, no, wait till after. Lunchtime will be a little more acceptable. Yeah, a lamb ragu <laughs> in pre-10 a.m. is aggressive. I have leftover steak, so I'll probably just be eating it cold with my fingers. And I won't even count it as a meal. So we have a lovely dinner. We get our staples, our burrata, our ceviche. We do not have our traditional waiter that we're used to. No. But we did have sort of like a lifetime hunk. No. You know, he was giving me, he was giving me nice guy next door who's actually the murderer. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, I guess, hunky still. Oh my gosh. And there was such a cute little girl who had on like a themed Wednesday dress and then wanted a Wednesday hairdo. Oh, I hate children. Ah! Honey, what does it have to be about you right now? You didn't like her? I mean, I didn't care. Wow, I cared. I didn't care. Okay, but you're a mom now. She kept turning around to look at us, too. So I think she was like, what's their deal? <laughs> like she cared. <laughs> the thing is, she cared about us, so I cared about her. Well, I think it's the mother in you, right? Because you see, like, a cute little kid, and you're like, hello, little kid. Yeah. I am a mother. I am safe. Whereas me, I'm like, oh, Lord, I should probably not say f- so loud. I never even think about that. I say wild <laughs> shit, and I go, but, and, and the thing is, I'm like, it's on the parents, and I am now a parent, and it's uh, it's not on me because I'm not changing how I talk. CJ's like, you say bitch too much. I'm like, whatever. He, the world, it, like, me saying bitch is not the worst thing he's going to be exposed to in this world. So I get my to-go chocolate chip cookies. You get your to-go chocolate cake. I had the waiter take a few pictures of us because, listen, you do huge numbers for me. <laughs> You do. My engagement is high. Okay, your followers are larger than mine. You're through the roof. If Thomas Gibson from Hyder in My House wanted to contact us now, he'd be contacting me first. It's, I know how the tables have turned. We're in a clip-based economy. So I was like, well, we got to get a photo. And I just, I like it. I like the listeners to see that we're together and it's Mm -hmm. not like 
phony. You know, yeah. we don't yeah, come yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. We're not not talking when we're not on. We're talking all the time. And, you know, so we got to get. So we had the a hunky murderer next door take the photo. So I posted it as a story. Yeah. And I wrote like a silly little caption that was like celebrating a, a wedding, a belated birthday, some pilot drafts and all the ways lifetime kills evil men. And the yeah. engagement before I even went to bed was high. So I go, okay, I'm going to wake up to huge numbers. <laughs> I wake up and I have been informed by Instagram that my post has been removed because <gasps> it was in violation of community guidelines. What? Yeah. What? Yep. That is actually insane. What is it? Because you use the phrase evil men? I'm assuming they just have a flag for evil men? I think kill evil men. <laughs> But it's Lifetime TV. Yes, it's fiction. It's yeah. not, like, I'm not talking about r- real men. Right. I'm talking about characters, pool boys that have been drowning people. That is insane. You know what? But I said, I said, Instagram is against interracial marriage. Like you and me. Maybe that's it, too. They're, they're against women getting together. They don't want us coming together and sharing ideas. I think there's a chance they saw it and they go, we don't like this. Oh, and they said, kill evil men. So now we're <laughs> out. But then I'm like, did someone report me? Like, that's what I always wonder. Well, that's what I wonder, too. I'm like, yeah, when did that? where did that come from? Like, I don't think Instagram's out here doing the work. I had a TikTok video removed last week, too. I mean, I am just out here not safe for work, apparently. <laughs> I am... Friggin' pushing the envelope. I'm mm. Ricky Gervais. <laughs> That's what I've said about you for years. I've said, do you know Megan Gailey? She is a female American Ricky Gervais. Yeah, that's what people usually say. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be silenced. You know, I turned really into a free speech comedian ASAP. (laughs) And I was like, they cannot take away my First Amendment right. So I posted it on Maine to go right back at you, obviously with a revised caption. I didn't even (laughs) mention men. And I was so afraid to even reference Instagram that I put two at signs where the A's would go because, (laughs) I mean, I must be on a watch list now. Wow. I couldn't believe it. It's like I can't believe it. Either. Can't you just like? Isn't there con? This is the issue with AI and robots. I don't think they understand context. No, they don't understand context, nuance, or sarcasm. So that's yeah. like a problem for most communications, and that's why we can't let them take over. Well, it's happening. I'm be I'd be happy to let them take over some stuff, but I don't think they're going to be satisfied just emptying our dishwashers. <laughs> They're going to say, I want to have sex with your husband. And I'm going to go, listen, take that. That's honestly, take it off my plate. You know who doesn't have to deal with this? The Amish. Well, absolutely. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Technology's not coming for them. Because they said, we're not letting you in this door. Okay? But you know who is coming for them? A murderer. A serial killer. Murderers affect everyone. You guys, we are talking about the movie, An Amish Murder. Movie, I'm going to tell you right now, top five. Top five of all, okay? But let me break it down. After leaving the Amish life behind, Kate Burkholder returns to her hometown 17 years later as the new chief of police. But Kate's renewed life is shattered when a murder investigation triggers deep-seated emotions from her childhood and exposes a dark secret that could end her career and her life. Y'all, this star's Nev Campbell. Yes, Eddie. Scream queen. Scream queen herself. So you know what? Without further ado, we're going to get into it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now look. I'm just telling you right now, and I'm going to probably say it a hundred times, this movie, we're talking high production value. Yeah. We're talking mood, ambiance, A-list actors you've recognized with long careers. Yes. I sent you a voice memo where I was like, I'm feeling Sharp Objects vibe. Like, it was, not to say another network, but I was like, this feels like HBO miniseries level. Yes. Yeah, it was so... Excellent. And I was really scared, too. Yes, it's moody. It's tense. You know, and again, it managed to do this all in the lifetime constraints of an hour and 27 minutes. Yes. Right? The fact is, like, there's not a lot of time for a lifetime movie to really kind of get going. And this managed to do everything it needed to do while still feeling like, okay, we're being dropped into a world. We're also not getting... Henny, look, this is Pennsylvania Amish country, Henny. We're not getting... Dream kitchens, okay? No. This is neutrals. It is, it's also winter time. Yes. So it's like nothing here is what you desire, but I'm talking vibes on vibes on vibes. I was like, we are on location. Like, I don't yes. know if they converted the Westworld set, but it's like, <laughs> we're, we're like in the 1800s while also being in the 2000s. So I thought it was Pennsylvania, because when I think Amish, I always think Pennsylvania. It's yeah. actually in Ohio. I thought it was Ohio. I thought it was still PA because PA, Ohio, you know, are right on top of each other. Well, of course I know that. I know all my neighbors. But I know, but I thought it was, but I, of course, that's what I go to because, you know, Andy is from you know, Amish country around. So a lot of this, the first thing we see you guys is a horse and buggy crossing a bridge. And I yes. said, accurate. And then the camera starts to follow a woman who is running. She's out for a winter run. Okay. And I said, okay, this woman is already more than I'll ever be. Aspirational. Exactly. <laughs> I said, she's running in winter. And then we see this woman. She's Nev Campbell. Yeah. And she has never looked better. She really is like, you just see her and you go, I think this is going to be a good film because she is just such a good actress. And even like the Scream legacy is so incredible. Yeah. But then Party of Five was very. Well, because this is what I feel too, right? Like Nev doesn't come out all the time. No. But I feel like she's she's picking and choosing, especially after all that work she did do when she was younger, the Party of Five into Scream, where she said, honey, I don't need to run around. In the craft. Uh, I mean, oh my God. Hello. She's like, I don't need to run around for y'all. No. So she's coming out. It's something big. And she's also an executive producer on this. Yeah. Okay. So she yep. said, I'm going to control this narrative. Then I see C. Thomas Howell's name in the credits. Right. I mean, from the outsiders and a legacy. Also from a movie that was, that has not held up over time Soul Man. Um, <laughs> But it was one of those movies that, like, I don't know if any of you had HBO growing up or Comedy Central. It felt like they had, like, three rights. So it was like, okay, (laughs) we're getting La Bamba, we are getting Radio Flyer, and we are getting Soul Man. And until we buy new rights, those are the movies we're just playing on a loop. (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. So it's like, even though it's not, it's a... Don't even look it up. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't go look up this film because we shouldn't even be laughing about it. But it was like a staple on the Comedy Central rotation in the 90s. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, so then we see a cop, he has to like stop and swerve for a bunch of cows in the road. Mm -hmm. Very Amish, also very like Ireland. You know, it's just sort of like, (laughs) it's getting the sense of like, hey cop, you don't run these streets, the cows run these streets. Right, but then this cop notices a child's shoe and we quickly realize, you know why the cows run these streets? Because this cop's an idiot, okay? He knows nothing about how to be a cop. He keeps like radioing to the dispatcher, a middle-aged lady named Mona who's like, what do you want from me? She kind of reminds me of an older Marilyn Rice cow. I loved Mona. Mona really, like, I was like, I believe Mona is in this Ohio town. Like, right, I exactly. believe they plucked the radio dispatcher. And it's, it's like, you see this thing where it's like, Mona should actually be the cop. But this guy, <laughs> TJ, who's like uncle and dad probably were, was like, yeah, is a cop. Yeah. Even though he doesn't seem to want to be, like... I actually liked it. It felt like an honest depiction of just like a, a a boob. Oh yeah, he's a dopey, a real dopey guy. Yeah, which is kind of like Nev Campbell's brother in Scream, played mm, by Taking Us Back. Our taking cat. Us Back. Yeah. Because basically, TJ he finds a shoe. Then he walks and he finds the other shoe. And then finally he keeps walking and he finds the body of a murdered woman. Oh, and no. he's literally like, What do I do? And I said, Oh Lord, this is not gonna be solved well. And that's why I was very happy. Then the next we see is Mona calls police chief Kate Burkholder, Nev yeah. Campbell. And I said, thank God she's the chief. Okay. I said, thank God she's the chief. And even like when Nev, I, I, are we going to call her Kate or Nev? Maybe back and forth. Yeah, back um, and forth. Even when Nev hears that it's TJ at the scene, she's like, TJ. Oh, no. Is he alone? Is he all right? No, no. I'll be right there. Okay. She's like, is he okay? Like, it's literally like, can he handle this? I got to get there right away. So she heads on over. She she grabs a brand new cop to the force. He's been other places, but he's new to this force. He is like the only black person we see in this movie. I'm his already name worried is, for him. Yeah, his name is Glock Nichols. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's the gun. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So I, I don't like, know. Okay. Is that a nickname? So they get to the scene, and then the Amish man who owns this acreage that the young girl was found on, he refuses to talk to Kate, and he wants her off his land. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were perceiving this as like, oh, they don't speak to women. Like, I I know the Amish are like anti a woman's right to choose. Like, it's like, I'm sure they just don't like women. But I knew it was, I I thought it was, I thought it was a book. Cause I was like, okay, it's she's a woman. But then I was like, oh, she's been excommunicated because she says her parents don't talk to her. Yeah. It's like, they see me, but they don't speak to me. So when she said that, I was like, oh, okay. So the whole community don't mess with her. Yes. And we learned that she left the community when she was 18. And left the town and now is back. Which I kind of felt like, and this is, what do we say about these rules? This is one of our lifetime I rules. Know. Stop going back to towns. Where no one where, talks to you. <laughs> where no one talks to you. And then also, not just where no one talks to you, your job depends on people talking I to you. I know. So you don't pick the wrong line of work. Like, if you just want to sit in a boutique, okay, and sell t-shirts or something, maybe you can make that work. But you can't be out here with a job that requires you question people and nobody will talk to you. Well, and so there is a language that they're speaking. What is this Amish? It's German. It's Pennsylvania German. So it's like a little PA Dutch German. I'm so embarrassed. I was like, did they make up? I was like, is this like Pig Latin? Did they make up their own thing? <laughs> and yeah, then I know. and then I also wrote in the notes, Andy's from Amish country. Or did I make this up? I knew. Yes. I knew. So 
There's a place in Ohio that we go... No, actually, it's in Indiana. There's a place in Indiana called Amish Acres that mm-hmm. my family used to stop at every summer and have lunch. They have, like, a restaurant there and really good fried chicken, and it was, like, a tourist destination. Mm-hmm. But that was really only my, my only... And then sometimes you'd see them at, like, the Children's Museum. But mm-hmm. I have a hard time discerning between Mennonites, which there are a lot of in yes, Indiana, yes, yes. and Amish, which I do think there is less of. Right. I think that it's going to go by the garb, right? Because the Amish are going to be much more more traditionally dressed. Yeah. And a lot of the Mennonites, I don't think are as much. Like, you're not going to see the bonnets and stuff on women. Mennonite women, I don't think, out in the world. But I'm sure there's a listener who's going to school us. I feel like there's going to be somebody who's like, I'm Amish. Yeah, because the Mennonites wear like a little cage on their bun. Like a little bonnet cage. That's oh, okay. Bad. Just to keep the bun in place? But then I like see them places and I'm like, I don't know if the Amish can be here. I kept getting like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand. Like Amish people can be driven by someone because I used yes. to work with a guy who would like drive Amish people across the country, but they can't operate the vehicle themselves. And I go, oh, okay, I feel like that. Would be doable. I mean, that's me. I guess at this rate, I'm Amish. <laughs> Lord knows I'm being driven. It's like, you're telling me, like, it's like someone else called me a lift, and now I'm Amish. Yeah. You know, if I didn't yeah. have the app. If I didn't have the app. So the medical examiner gets on the scene, and I'll tell you, I was expecting another boob, but this guy knew what was up. This medical mm-hmm. examiner actually knows things, and it's like, on the case. And he's like, this woman was murdered. It was not accidental. And he shows Roman numeral markings on the body, which are the same as ones left by a serial killer they called Slaughterhouse, I said too much, who killed five women in the 90s. But that guy just disappeared. No one ever found him. So now we're seeing the markings on someone, and this movie is like 2013, sometimes in the 2010, so you're like, okay, he's back, and it's been a while. But they just assume he died, and I'm like... I feel like serial killers really take a long time to die. (laughs) Like, they seem to be living into the 90s. I know evil will keep you alive. Evil will keep you going till you're 90, 95. As many heart attacks as you need. I know. Now, Kate gets back to the station, and the mayor pops by, and the mayor immediately gives me douche chills. He's just, like, really... It's because he's, like, kind of giving you retired football players, hunking, deep, hulking, deep brow. Like, he just is Neanderthal energy. I was like, oh, he's the high school basketball coach too like he's just like tall and bald and in like fluffy clothes (laughs) and so he explains that like the reason that they hired Kate which we are confused by like as we said she does need to interview people he's like you understand the sensitivity and speak the language of this community even though they hate you yeah I'm like that was not the best person to pick there was he's like you could be a liaison it's like they don't talk to her Okay. I don't understand. So he's hired her, but he does not fully trust her because they have called an outside profiler who is going to be coming to town to help solve the case. And we know from every piece of media where, like, there's a cop and then they bring in another organization, cops hate that. Oh, yeah. Don't take my thunder. Don't take my, or my flowers. This is my jurisdiction. Yes. All they have is their, like, little fiefdom, you know? And I, I love scenes where it's like, the local cops are fighting with the FBI who's voting with, I just like look because I feel I mean this is why I'm not a cop I'm like oh you want to solve it okay I guess I'll go home like, I'm, can I clock out like am I good except Kate I will say this though Kate like makes a real point of being like I've worked seven homicides and all those guys are away now and I just was like honey seven ain't a large number I was like you can't even give me a double digit you can't be out here being like I worked seven homicides talk about yeah. some give me my case I'm like babe seven is not a lot 
I really well, need her to come through with a higher number. I want her to be like 24 or something. Was she, like when she went, left the town, she was in like Cincinnati or Columbus or? Cleveland, I think. I can't remember. She went to okay. one of the cities. One of the seas in Ohio. I think they've got murders. You know, like I think yeah. there's some murders there to solve, Kate. But if she's seven for seven, I think that's pretty good. I, I think I'm going to need higher numbers. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we see the city cop, and the city is Columbus. <laughs> and he is putting booze into his coffee, so we already know he's rough around the edges. <laughs> he's got something going on. Yes. He does not want to take this case, but then he, like, kind of isn't allowed. Like, you get the vibe something's going on with him outside of just the alcoholism. And he is the, the profiler, and he's going to be going to the town. And then I go, this is the plot of Sharp Objects. Like, this is... <laughs> <laughs> what this is about. Like, we got to bring in this big city guy to solve this small town murder because we don't have the manpower here. And But my thing is, I felt like they couldn't, they don't want Kate to succeed because they can't even send her somebody sober. Because you know when someone's putting booze in coffee, it says, oh, okay, they do not play by the rules and they're not okay. That means that like, yeah. they cannot start their day without something. So I was like, so they're t- he, so the mayor's, you know, posturing like, you need some help. You need somebody. And honey, they couldn't even bring her somebody who could think straight. Yeah, they think an <laughs> alcoholic man from Columbus is better than a well woman who jogs in the winter. Exactly. And it's like, mm, I don't know. I was attracted to him. He had sort of like a broodiness to he's him. Giving, he is giving brooding. He is giving, I mean, he's, I mean, he's classic cop looks. And his name, too, is like... It's like John Tomasetti, okay? Yeah. Tomasetti. He's as Italian as they come. Yeah, he's get, he's Italian, so then you're like, ooh. Like, for an Italian to be a cop, it's like something mob-related happened. That's what I think. <laughs> he is so, so good. I swear to God. So then Kate goes to her brother's house. Her brother, Jacob. 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 Jacob, okay? Please be world. respectful <laughs> of okay? Jacob. He's an, he's an Amish man, and his name is Jacob. And he does not want to talk to her. But he's like, are you coming to me as a sister or as a cop? And she's like, as a cop. And he's like, okay, fine. And I said, all right, this is a fun little dance you're doing. (sighs) And it's Christian Campbell Mm -hmm. in a terrible beard. All right. And this is, I'll tell you, again, they're all Amish. But but again, this movie's giving us production value. So we're getting these these high-level actors. So they got to put them in these, like, glued on beards. I said the beard budget must have been thousands. But, like, in Lifetime's defense... Amish beards are bad. Like, even when they're real, you go, that doesn't look real. Because it's just like, <laughs> who would who would choose just their chin to be covered? Like, it's like, they're strange, like, hair growth patterns. Uh-huh. I also swear that I saw a calculator on his table. And I'm like, is that allowed? Okay, wow. Now we need, okay, now, if you guys, if you guys have Lifetime Movie Club, if you can watch this movie, I need you to zoom in, okay? We're talking around minute 13, All right, so 12 to 13, I want you to see if you can spot a calculator on the table. But maybe they're able to use something simple like that. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, remember those calculators that were, like, powered by this, like, light that we would use? Solar power calculator? Yes, so I'm like, maybe he can use a solar power. (laughs) Well, we know a lot of Amish people, too. Like, they uh, they have businesses and stuff, right? Like, they've got it. If they're, like, really crunching numbers, they're like, give me a calc. That guy's like, come on. Yeah, they got it. They can't just be doing long-form addition for everything. So now Kate asks her brother if a man named Daniel Lapp is still alive. This is the first we've heard of this name. We don't really know, but she's like, I'm talking to you about Daniel Lapp. And it's funny, Nev has kind of like a high, whispery voice. So there are times where I'm like, what are you saying, honey? Say it with your chest. But she's like, I was like, Daniel Lapp. But Jacob is not really solid on this guy being dead, all right? Because, like, she's like, is he dead? And then Jacob is like, mm, just listen to this. What does he want to know? I need to know that he's dead. 
And you come to me for this. If he is alive, he is killing again. And if not, someone is copying him. Jakob, I need to know what happened that night. You know what happened. Dad took him in the buggy. And you went with him? Where? The old grain mill. Was he dead? Must have been. All that blood. Did Dad bury him? Couldn't see. I was outside. Dad took him inside. Wait, so you don't know that he's dead? Okay. I swore to Dad I would never speak of this, and you did too. Okay. So what I deduce from this is they believe this Daniel Lapp guy was Slaughterhouse and are hoping he's dead. But if he's not, he maybe did this crime. And if he is dead, then we've got a copycat on our hands. Exactly. And now then the brother accuses her of smiling at Daniel for months. Now, they're not specifying, but this is the moment where I'm like, okay, it's implied that he sexually assaulted her. Yeah. Kate has stayed silent all these years. Everybody's living with this secret, basically. And now, again, we're piecing together, okay, this is why she left Amish country. But Daniel Lapp did something to her. Yeah. And she said, okay, I'm out of here. Right. And, but then her leaving, they got they excommunicated her because she left. But it's like, okay, she was a victim of... of right. And, yeah, so... and her own brother, the way he's framing it, he's basically saying you asked for it. So it's like, yeah, I get why you left. What exactly. I still don't exactly. get is why you came back, but I Thank definitely you. get why you left. So they go to an abandoned mill. Not our, hey, not our first abandoned mill, okay? <laughs> Where Daniel may or may not have been murdered, may or may not be buried as well. <laughs> right. So they do not find Daniel Lapp's body, but it's like, I... But were you guys the one that buried him? Like, I'm conf- you either know where the body is or you don't. You can't just like dig through the old mill. Well, exactly. Because they go there and she's like, look at that raised earth. And it's like, well, that could be any anything. And it turns out it's like, it is like a dog's skull. Like, it's like, so yeah. it's like anybody can bury anything anywhere. But I guess the thing is, if dad is the one who did it. And he's now he, dead. He's now dead, right? So Jakob's oh, okay. like, I didn't really see it. So I just know it was, he went to the mill, but I don't know where. Jakob's sat in the getaway buggy. So he's right. like, I don't know. He's like, I tried to stay out of it as much as I could. So Jakob's out. He goes, I can't, I got kids. I got a wife and I got a calculator. So I can't be, I can't be <laughs> doing police work with my technology using ex-sister. So then the next morning, Kate goes to talk to a guy named Lucas. And he is the guy she was supposed to marry and then ran out on when she left the Amish community yes. all those years ago. And needless to say, he is not nice to her, okay? Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you this about Lucas. I think Lucas can get it. Lucas I think is Lucas, hot. Lucas is hot even with a beard I am yes. not into. He is looking good, y'all. I said, we got to get him out of there and we got to get him into a modeling contract. He needs, I need his rum springer. It's not too late for a rum springer, Lucas. You better spend a year out in these streets. He is so hot and the sexual, like, tension because he is being mean and he is like he's clearly resentful and i'm like lucas you're not married with children like you need to be over this my man and i'm sure the amish don't do therapy but like you're still very clearly hung up on kate even though you got 27 kids by another lady i know i was like dying to see they never show us his wife you guys and there's a moment where i was like i want to see who she is because i was like that woman has been living in kate's shadow this whole time like she knows it you know she knows it 
It can't possibly be comfortable in their house. But Lucas is fine. So I'm like, maybe I would be a seconds too. Maybe I would be willing. He's hot. I think his beard, he grew. I don't think that's a glue on. I think that's like an actual Lucas beard. Uh So he says that he has not heard from Daniel Lapp and that he left without a word. So Lucas doesn't even know Daniel Lapp maybe got killed. But so we don't know. Daniel Lapp's not in the old mill, but he's also not corresponding (laughs) with anybody. So Kate gets to her office and drinking coffee slash booze, Detective Tomasetti from BCI. What is BCI? Like Bureau? I don't know. Yeah, I it's guess like whatever their acronym is for basically that local, local FBI Local FBI, office. yes. Yeah, okay. local, the small-scale uh, FBI of that city, basically. And so he's sort of like a cocky, arrogant city Ugh. mouse. And again, really I, want, giving it. I want to reiterate, the city is Columbus, Ohio. Like, it's just <laughs> like... But that's what's so. I mean, when I would t- when I went to college and I would tell people I was from Indianapolis, it was like, oh yeah, you're you're different than us. You're city <laughs> you're city mouse, and amongst the country mouses. So I'm sort of a Tomasetti, and then see Thomas Howell himself walks in. He walks in. Okay, he's Nate Detrick. He's the county sheriff, and he's like, you know, anything I can do to help. Now I'm going to tell you this. In this moment, when I see C. Thomas Howell as the sheriff, knowing what I know about him. Okay, because he had he he was a he was a terrible bad guy on Criminal Minds season five into six. Oh, so it was like a season long arc. Honey, he was the big bad. He was wow. the big bad. Okay, okay, okay. He like killed. I mean, anybody look, honey, it was season five. If you don't, if you ain't up on season five of Criminal Minds Spoiler. right now, it's my fault. Okay, it's my fault because that show been on for twenty five years. <laughs> he fully shoots one of our lead detectives, <gasps> and you think he's gonna die. He kills the detective's wife. Oh, while he's on the phone with her, like one of those things where it's like <gasps> they realize he's after the wife, and as they're no. going to save her, of course they're too late. Yeah, like Batman. Exactly. So I said, "That's C. Thomas Howell, honey." So when I see what C. Thomas, I said, in that moment I saw him. I go, "He the killer. He the yeah. killer." And then I thought maybe because he comes in being the sheriff, does he is he does he resent Kate being the chief of police, right? Because everyone hates a woman. So I didn't know if that was the angle. Like I didn't know if that was going to mm-hmm. be part of it, or if it. But I was like, "Oh no, it's C. Thomas Howell." It's C. Thomas Howell. Yeah, you don't get a name like that to just be, like, kind of a background player. Thank you. He's not just here to agree with things. No. So, he is the county sheriff. She is the, like, town chief of police. Wouldn't he be above her in the hierarchy? Because, like, the town is in the county and he runs the county. Now, Megan, I don't know about the hierarchy of police. <laughs> I don't know those answers. Well, I don't know either. But, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I wrote... Wow. I mean, you're you're definitely Babe Ruth calling your shot here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the dead girl's family finally comes in. It's taken like a minute, too. And and right. I'm like, oh. So they are very, very sad. They are in black clothing. And I'm like, are they sitting shiva or is this their everyday wear? No, this is their everyday wear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dad has a beard that I find very distracting. Even as he grieves, I like can't take him seriously. And that's on me. So it's Kate, TJ, the ding dong who discovered the body and then the two parents. Basically, Kate is saying stuff to TJ. And then TJ is saying exactly what she just said, asking it to the parents because the parents refuse to talk to her. And it's really, I mean, like, it's the epitome of let's cut out the middleman. Like, it's like, we don't need TJ. <laughs> and Tomasetti is watching, he's in the room watching this like, what is going on with these exactly. people? I know I'm drunk, but this is weird. Exactly. And the whole thing was, you know, and the big part of this, and the reason why you said it took a while for the parents to come forward, the whole problem is that 
because the Amish community is so insular, they don't go to the police. Yeah. The parents are like, well, we just assume she ran away. We went to the bishop. And, and it's like, and I said, and the we bishop see, don't know nothing. We see the bishop. He's the monopoly man. And it's like, he's not going <laughs> to get to the bottom of this. And they thought, yes, the daughter had been acting out, which probably means she had like sunglasses. And <laughs> they thought that she had run away from the the family and the Amish community, a la Kate. And so they assumed she was a runaway, not missing. Right. So this is like how this all goes down. And then after they leave that very lackluster interview where the parents just didn't want to say anything, Tomasetti is, you know, he's like, so explain that entire awkward <laughs> scenario. <laughs> yeah. So, and she gives a little bit of information. Listen to this. Well, what happened? You want my life story? I'd settle for how you ended up back here. There was a job. That's all I get? I grew up here. Left at 18, waitressed in Cleveland for a year, hated it. Went to school, took the police exam, passed, made detective at 28. I applied for the job here last year. When Chief Mackey retired, are we good now? Oh man, I'm so glad. Yeah, why is that? No, I just, I thought you were one of those horrible, you know, boring. You're stiff because you're Amish. Okay. Okay. Quite honestly, maybe he's not totally wrong. She's stiff in part because she's Amish. <laughs> um, but she is like hot too. Like I yeah. think he's like, wait. Well, it's also funny, right? Because she has dark hair. Like because like, yeah. Amish, they're all giving Aryan energy, right? Mm -hmm. And it is like an insular community. And so there is something about Kate having this like dark hair and kind of just smoldering the way ne Nev Campbell does where you're mm -hmm. like, you're not from here. Maybe she dyed it when she left, though. You know, like, she was like, I don't want to be blonde. I don't want to be Amish. Okay, so then apparently someone had handed a note to the bishop. Again, this is how the bishop would have been solving things. Someone handed a note to the bishop, and it said, Katie Burkholder, Nev, knows who the killer is. And so now, because nobody will talk to the chief of police, she has to go to her ex, Lucas, again. And is like, can you talk to the bishop and find out what's up with this note? And I said, if this is policing, a game of telephone where you got your ex-man making inquiries on your behalf. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm wondering if Lucas and her, I'm guessing it was an arranged marriage of like, oh, our families are But together. they liked each other. I know. Like, I they like, were into each hit, other. She hit the jackpot. You know, she's like, oh, my parents hooked me up. But she was also like only 17 or 18, right? Which is like what they do. Because obviously, because she left, again, she left 17 years earlier and she's only, she left at 18. So it's like, so it's like, as well as you could choose somebody. I think she just got lucky that 17 yeah. years later, he became hot and like upstanding. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. she can't go to her brother. I mean, like, it's fascinating that she's like, I have to go to my ex-fiance because my own brother won't even talk to me. Right, right. <sighs> so... When she, when she goes to Lucas and he's like, uh, okay, I'll help you, but you got to tell me this. Why did you leave? <laughs> and she's like, KG, she says it wasn't her choice to leave. But then she's got to go. She's like, we have a, she gets like a radio, you know, mm -hmm. someone radios in and is like, we have the suspect. And so she's like, I got to go. So it wasn't her choice to leave. So now, here again, it's another little layer because like, obviously this Daniel Lap did something to her yeah. and they kicked her out. I right. said, absolutely not. It wasn't her choice to leave. I know. Honey, I would have left and not looked back if that's how they're doing you. Well, and... That's and, terrible. I know. It's horrible. I, I'm sure some of it was, like, seeing the family's reaction, too. I mean, we've seen this brother's reaction, and that's a generation, like, dad... You know, like, it's like, if yeah. that's how the brother's acting, I'm sure the dad was like, you smiled! But it really <laughs> is so heartbreaking. Yeah. So they go to... She goes to where this suspect has 
is like being apprehended. And you it's guys. clearly just like a drunk man. <laughs> it's just a drunk guy who went hunting. And it's like, because he's on probation, he shouldn't have a gun, sure. And they think he has marijuana. And he's like, that's tobacco. And I go, we got to legalize. We've really got to legalize. <laughs> this is not okay. But no, but they don't even care about the marijuana. They're just using that as yes. an excuse to gain entry. Of because course. Kate is like trying to get him to come out the house. And then what Tomasetti, because he's a big city drunk, he barges in, cuffs the guy. But then when Tomasetti finishes cuffing him, he like can't even stand on his own two feet. Yeah. He Tomasetti, I'm not the guy, not the drunk hunter, the special forensic profiler. He's like not steady. Yeah, he's having liver failure in front of us. Exactly. He's got the DTs. He's got the DTs. He's shaky. Yeah. And he literally is like, and like Kate's like, what happened to you? And he's like, I just need a drink. Yeah. And then Kate's like, um, why are you on active duty? And then they go to a bar so he can get his head right. And we get a little backstory on Tomasetti. Listen to this. All right. I wanted to make a name for myself when I made detectives. When I got my shield, they took down Joey Campanella. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, okay. I remember that. Yeah. Godfather to half of Ohio. He said he would get even with me. And I knew that he would try. So I wore Kevlar every day. But he faked me out. He didn't go after me. He went after your family. Yeah, my wife. And, um, kid. <laughs> Never made an arrest for I'm sorry. I made sure I was first in the door for about five years after that. You know, there was every high-speed chase, shootout, hostage situation. I was there. Trying to get yourself killed? Something like that. That didn't work. I'm still here. Okay. Oh, boy. So he wow. put away a mob boss. And the fear with that is they will destroy your life and and they did and they, they did. killed his wife and child yeah yeah I, I, and he's only still working because he's hoping he dies in the line of duty well also it's I like mean, they are he was like they're just keeping him there to just sort of i guess keep him on payroll right like i think it's, it's also that kind of thing where they keep him on because he remember he was like he didn't expect to even have to come do this so i think it's one of those like we're keeping you on payroll because we feel bad yeah, that your, your life family was, was decimated ruined. yeah so we're like you're on payroll you're not gonna have to do anything and then it was like can you go do this and he's like i don't do things it's so devastating so they both they both are on struggle street okay yeah and now i'm hoping they get together well don't worry it's lifetime but i'm gonna <laughs> tell you this before we can even get to that you know they're having this talk and then they get called away from this very heartbreaking conversation in a bar in the middle of the day to a school, like a public school. Okay, yeah. it's not like a, you know, this isn't an Amish like school. No, house. It's, it's a, no, because it's a public school where there's about to be a gymnastics meet, and you know, Amish girls are not allowed to wear gymnastics leotards. So this is like the middle of the, this is the middle of the city, basically. Right, right. And they go to that school where another girl is found dead in the gym. So, like, literally, everyone's just come in for this event and they find this body. Y'all, this girl is the mayor's daughter. Uh, <laughs> no, Naomi, I just Megan, was so I, upset. I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming. I was like, 
gasp. I gotta tell you, we, I think this is where we take our break. We have to take a break yeah. because this was this was gut wrenching, stunning. I was shook. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, we're back. And like the thing is, it's always devastating, but it's like to meet the parent before. Yes. We see the child. It's just, and for them to be at school. I mean, we know schools aren't safe, but like you have this, this assumption of like, oh, my kid is at school. Then they are being watched. Right, right. Well, then it's and it's also again because I think also what they're making you think initial. And I think they do say it when they're talking about slaughterhouse back in the '90s. But because the first victim we meet is Amish, and we know that's such an insulated community, I think there's also the assumption that this is only Amish. affecting Amish people. So t- yes. for it to be not just you know a secular girl, but then for that to also be the child of the most important man in the area, the man who can come in here and go, okay, yeah. you've got it. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, we're bringing a profile or you're going to do what I say. Like that kind of thing where you're like, oh, well, then no one's safe. At 2 p.m. on a school day while she's there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So then, you know, Kate is trying to like do some research. She's looking at videos and she's like up all night. And when she leaves work, Lucas approaches her and basically says, Jakob told me what happened with Daniel Lapp. Now, for them having a secret, they were all very quick to let the secret out. Is that because the parents are dead? Maybe, but I also felt like this is for me, it was also one of those things where it's like, I think that's a scene that we should have seen. Mm. I think the, right? Because Jakob is the one who was like, I don't want to talk about it. We said we'd never speak of it. So what makes him suddenly just tell Lucas everything? Yeah. When they've had 17 years living together in this community when right. he could have told him something. You don't think Lucas has asked before, like, hey, why'd your sister leave? Yeah. Maybe it's because there's now multiple dead girls again. And it's like, why are we holding on to this secret? Like, it, all this terrible stuff is happening. But then Lucas also says that he was able to track down who the letter came from. And he did it the old, good old-fashioned Amish way. He just found tracks in the snow. And the tracks to the bishop's house came from Jacob's house. Yeah. So the letter came from Jacob. Now, I'm going to say, immediately I said the letter didn't come from Jacob. I knew that because mm-hmm. Jacob is too busy trying to pretend nothing happened. Mm-hmm. But Katie and Lucas, okay, I said, okay, are they the new pair? Are they the new pair? You know yes. I want it. They go to Jakob's house, you know, and are basically like, hey, this is what we found. And then Jakob's wife comes down, right? And the whole time, you know, she's been a quiet wife. It's been like, uh, she, you know, she's got like five kids running around. So yeah. she's pretty busy. And also while this whole conversation is taking place, the kids are like upstairs listening by the banister. And I'm like, okay, they're learning too much. Yeah, because they're like, is our aunt cool and hot? 
<laughs> Do we have a hot, cool air? And so then the brother's wife is basically says she sent the letter. And her whole thing, she goes, I want to, you know, I want to bring the family together. You have no idea how sad Jacob is without you. But that I makes said, no sense This letter wasn't me. the way to do it. The what, your letter makes it seem like Katie is in cahoots with the killer. Yes, that's, I'm like, I don't get how this brings the family together, but. Look, she doesn't know. She doesn't know how to do these kinds of things. Amish thought, Amish thought. I was like, this doesn't work. So then later that night, Katie like goes back to the mill and she goes to like a new spot and she and she starts digging. She mm-hmm. finds a skull and who has found her and is hot on her heels, but Thomas Setti. And he like comes up behind her and she got a skull and she's got to like drop it and be like, what? Yes. And then. Finally, of course, he, and he, you know, for all of his delirium, delirium tremens, he does realize, like, what are you hiding? You got to mm-hmm. tell me if I'm going to do my job. And she finally admits she killed Daniel Lapp and her father buried him there. So what's in that hole there? Or should I say who? Daniel Lapp. Who's that? A man who hurt me. Who put him there? My father. Right, so he killed him. Why? No, he, um, he didn't kill him. Who did? I didn't. He raped me. Why'd you come here tonight? To make sure that he was dead. He didn't know? I thought he was our killer. But then I'm wondering, why was she asking if anyone had heard from him? Like, she knows he's dead. Well, that's what I'm wondering, too. I guess, was she, was she like, afraid that... He rose? He rose, or that, like, her dad said he would take care of it, and by take care of it, he meant, like, take him to a hospital. Yeah, okay. So she, I guess she didn't see him go in the ground. Yeah, so maybe she was like, well, maybe he's still alive and they did something, right? And she was 17 and she'd never shot anyone, so yeah. Well, and also, like, she can't trust any of the people in her life. Yeah. Right? Like, they did her dirty, so Katie was like, shit, maybe they set up Daniel Lapp with a new life and he's doing great. Right. So she was convinced that Daniel Lapp must have been Slaughterhouse because when he attacked her... He also made a cut on her neck that is what all of the other victims had because Slaughterhouse and whoever is doing these murders now, if it's the same person or not, the way he kills his victims is he has them bleed to death. Yeah, he dra- he cuts them in the carotid artery so that they drain. This is insane. I it, mean, this is- It's this vile. Is, it's terrible. And so we, we see that mark and then we see a flashback. We see basically, you know- that Lap attacked her, as we've all surmised. She yeah. shot him, and then dad and brother buggy off with the body. So, you know, then she, like, goes back to her house, and they're kind of talking. You know, Thomas said he's basically now the first person who's really talked to her and who she's been able to talk to. And so you're getting into all this, and this is, my, you know, my biggest pet peeve, because it is in this moment that he decides to kiss her. All right? And you know I don't like... When men kiss women, when women are crying and when they are struggling. But he's a broken person. I mean, like, it's two broken dolls. I know dolls. he is. No, I know. I know. I know. But what is it about What is it about a man being like, you look like you about to crumble. I have never been more attracted to you. Vulnerability. Sick. And that's what they're attracted to. She also said someone called her when her mom died. And I'm like, who used the phone? Like, I am so hung up on all these, like, Amish rules. I bet it was Mona. I bet someone, oh, like, went to, like, a, you know? Okay. Like, someone obviously gave her the heads up. So it's, like, so, I mean, she is so excommunicated that, like, 
She never saw her parents again. Basically, yeah, someone had to tip her off that her own mother died because yeah. she, it, it's basically like she doesn't exist. Right. Right. Okay. They do not hook up. Thank God. He leaves. He's got to go. He leaves you the know. house. They just kiss. She doesn't mind the kiss, though. Also, you need, I no, need you she guys was to know into that. It. She was like, she was like, okay. And I was like, oh, Lord. But luckily, they don't hook up. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave now. And I said, okay, thank God. They're not going too crazy. Then the next day, Kate gets to work. C. Thomas Howell, Sheriff Detrick, shows up with a letter from the mayor firing her. And that's, everyone's like, he's not thinking straight. And it's like, I think there's a world where, A, he didn't send that letter. And exactly. B, if he did, then you guys got to go, um, she's going to work. And we're going to deal with this when he's not fresh from grieving the murder of his daughter. Like, exactly. it's like, uh, Mayor, we want to be respectful. But like, we, I don't know if you need to be making decisions like this right now. Exactly. And I'm telling you, of course, in that moment, he's the killer. Because I thought I was like, okay, C. Thomas Howell wrote that letter. Like, I was convinced. Mm -hmm. that he, I was like, oh, that letter's fake. Because yeah. anybody could get Mayor Letterhead. I highly doubt his office is under lock and key like that, especially with everything going on. And there's no world where Kate is going to go to the mayor and be like, why'd you fire me? When he's exactly. leaving his daughter. So it's like, there's not even going to be a conversation. So it is probably a pretty foolproof way to fire her without it getting back to her that see Thomas Howell is who fired her. Right. So then she goes home and Thomas said he, he like runs because he's heard the news, obviously, that Kate was fired. And he's comes to offer her support and he kisses her again. And I'll yes. tell you this, I had a change because in this moment, when he kissed her the second time, I'm coming around because I realize, of course, she's into him. As you said, broken dolls. They're two yes. broken dolls. But also, she has no friends or allies. No. So I get now why she'd be like, yes, man from the big city of Columbus who Take is me. smart and cares and invested. And has nice hair. And even though he's an alcoholic, there's like his skin looks pretty good. There's never <laughs> a five o'clock shadow, which I, she may be into, you know, with the Amish beards. But like Thomas Setti, for being a drunk whose body is shutting down, a hunk, too. Yeah, 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 classic hunk. And then the next morning, they're in bed together under an Amish quilt, which kills me. Because, love you know, she's like, she's like, I love to quilt. Because she, she says earlier, like, she quilts when she misses her family. So I was like, okay, we're under an Amish quilt. You know, in, in the Lifetime movies, when people are like, I have no family, I have no friends, I'm like, now I'm going to go, oh, they're all excommunicated Amish. Like, <laughs> that makes sense now. Like, I have nothing, I've run away. But I will say in this moment, though, right, like, it seems an orgasm clears her mind because Kate wakes up and she's thinking and she's realizing, she's putting things together. She realizes whoever abducted these women has to be someone they would trust. Yes. It has to be someone who could get a young woman to willingly go with them someplace. At, because they're the not killed the where they're found. Exactly. Yes. So it's so you're just like, okay, well, who's... Who yes. can do that? So again, bringing me back. They're like a fireman, a veterinarian. Like uh, They're like, what about a cop? And so they're sitting there having a conversation. And then the, there's a knock at the door. TJ, the boob cop, arrives saying they have a suspect. And they found the dead women's clothes in the guy's barn. Yes. And it's a guy, an Amish man named Samuel, who Katie grew up with. And she's like, it's not no. him. This guy would never hurt a fly. But mm -hmm. they've got the clothes in his barn. So how do we do it? And... Then they're like, well, who arrested him? Who brought him in? Well, who brought him in? Black, Our black Nichols. man, Glock Nichols. <laughs> so they're like, maybe he's the bad guy. Because it's like all kind of happening around him arriving and he happens yeah. to finger the culprit. And then basically, then as that's happening, Tomasetti gets a call that's like, you're off the case. We have a suspect in custody. So now yeah. you need to come back. So they're both, it's like, okay, we're all being kind of ground to a halt very conveniently. This doesn't right. feel right. And they're like, let's see if we can slow this down. But before they can even slow anything down, the man Samuel, 
appears to have hung himself in his cell. Yeah, because the bailiff or like the guard on duty didn't take his shoelaces. And he's like an old man. That's like, I swear. He fell asleep. Yeah, he fell asleep. He fell asleep. And at this point, I'm like, I actually think the mayor was right to bring in some outside resources. Because between (laughs) TJ and Sleepy Man, this is, this this right. community is is lacking police presence. But of course, it's like I say appears because like he didn't ha- he didn't hang himself. Okay, no. he didn't do it. We he was hung. F- made we got to Epstein look. situation. We got F- okay, it's devastating though because it's like I trust Katie. So if Katie said the Samuel guy, there's no way he did it. Then there's no way he did it, and now he's dead too. Exactly. So then Kate <sighs> comes back to work, even though she's been fired, because she's like, um, what's going on here? And she's talking to Sheriff. Nate Detrick. And you can see the gears start to turn as she talks Mm -hmm. to him. Because basically, you know, she remembers that he grew up in the area. So everyone knows him. Mm -hmm. He lived in Alaska for like 20 years. And there's this whole mythology around the fact that he, around the fact that he shot a big bear. You know, so like, when I was in Alaska, I shot a bear. And that's like part of his like, you know, his one story he can tell people. And then Katie realized, oh, he grew up here. He was gone for a long period of time. So the murders had stopped. He's he's back. back. Katie calls Alaska PD. Lieutenant, this is Kate Burkholder, Chief of Police in Painersville, Ohio. I'm working a homicide murder by exsanguination. We checked lists on VCAP and there are no entries for Alaska. Murder by what's that? Exsanguination. And what is that? Led to death. We don't use that term up here. What do you use? Bleeding out. Well, then none of our searches would have come up with anything. Well, have you had any cases? Could be as far back as the 90s. Let out homicides, we had a few. Well, tell me, have any of them had any sort of carved figure on the abdomen? Oh, I can check. You know what? I think I remember a case like that. Vic had a kind of a, an X cut into her. A young woman? Yeah, as far as I remember. And what's so, and this is to me another great moment that I felt was so realistic was when someone has been drained of blood, they have been exsanguinated. That is the technical term, which you would also believe would be the medical term, the mm-hmm. what you were writing in the police report. So when they were looking up, the whole time they're trying to look up to see if other bodies have been exsanguinated. And when she calls Alaska PD, he goes, what's that word mean? <laughs> we don't use that word. We say bleed. We call it bleed out. And she's like, okay, well then tell me who bled out. Yeah. So basically the entire time they've been doing this research, it's never come up because these cops don't know big words. Yes. And I said, if that's not accurate. I don't know what is, which is like, you yes. just have to, when you see when stuff is trying to be solved, you can now see how difficult it is. Cause it's a matter of like, what word do they use? I know versus the word in my Google search, even though now we have a national database and you can be tracking and it's so much easier now. It's like, well, we still have to deal with humans, exactly. but it turns out there were multiple killings. Cause he's like, yeah, now that you say that, that does ring a bell. They had an X on them too. And she's like, it's a Roman numeral. Uh, <laughs> but as she is like getting all this information and putting the pieces together, what happens? Someone grabs her from behind and chloroforms her. No! Y'all, y'all cause she was doing this as she was leaving. She was like at her car. Cause she was basically like, Mona, patch me through on my cell. Yeah. So that yeah. way she can do it without anybody knowing is what you think she about to get around it. Nope. Chloroform rag. You know a chloroform rag. And this is in broad daylight. Like, just in the parking lot. So, C. Thomas is getting desperate. And it's also not just a broad daylight parking lot, but this is now a very busy police department because of the murder. So I'm like, there are a lot of people around. The press is around. I said, how? And there's a dead body in there right now. I was like, what is going 
going on? And so she had she's chloroformed. She wakes up. She's on the floor of a of a car. She's been tied up, bound. And who grabs her from the trunk? What I say, back? What I say, a minute fifteen. You said see Thomas Howell, and I, as I said, you are too good, and he is too bad. Because mm-hmm. we see he has taken her to a remote house mm-hmm. and he is dragging her across the ground and into a desolate, abandoned home. And yeah. they have been looking for abandoned places because they were mm-hmm. like, this person, this murderer must be doing the murdering someplace else and then dropping these bodies. Right. And what she was looking for, this house perfectly fits that profile. Exactly. And then luckily, y'all, Thomas said he has not left. Even though they told him to go home, Thomas said he's not done because he's in the police station. Mona, basically what happens, the, the you know, the phone call obviously that Kate was on with the Alaska police department goes dead when she is mm-hmm. abducted. But the guy keeps calling back. And I said, good for you. You didn't give up. Good for him. Exactly. And so Mona keeps being like, I can't get her. I can't get her. And Thomas said, he walks by and he's like, give me the phone. And so he talks to the guy. They, he starts to put it together. And he basically just like gets everyone mobilized. He's like, we got to find Kate. Something yeah. just happened to her. We got to find her. And then she's like, he's like, where did Detrick grow up? Because mm-hmm. he's thinking maybe he took him to a sh- to his house where he yeah, lives. But she's not at the house. He's not at the house he lives in. He's right. at the house he grew up in. Yes. And that's different. And it's abandoned. And it's yes. been abandoned. And he was not raised by his parent. He was raised by a grandparent. So that's like a different last name, a different search. So all these reasons mm-hmm. they can't find him. Okay. Then he's like, get the town alarms going. And this was something that I didn't really know was a thing. Basically, it's like, all the Amish start ringing their church bells, basically. Like, the various bells they have around, which basically mobilizes the whole community, like, we're on a hunt. Yeah. Is basically what it is. It basically tells everybody, we have to start looking. Now, I'm wondering how you tell people how the bells tell you exactly who you're looking for and where you're going. I don't but know. But we're into it. It's a cinematic moment. It's a cinematic moment. Of course. Because, like, when I saw them doing that, I go, oh, God, they're going to they're gonna find a woman and say she's a witch. Like, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Like, I was like, I know this is being used for good purposes in this situation, but, like, I fear what it's been used for in the past. Exactly, exactly. So, meanwhile, Sheriff Detrick, he's getting his murder area ready. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I thought that was surprising. To me, if this is your abandoned place where you always murder, why is it not already set up and ready to go? Well, because (laughs) I think this is one he was doing on the fly. Like, he's like, oh, she was getting too close, so now i got to murder her, and I thought I was going to take the day off, get some Taco Bell. And so he is setting it up. And in a twist from what we're used to, Mm -hmm, Kate mm -hmm. is trying to get him to talk, and he's like, I am not going to give you the lifetime monologue. Like, I'm setting my stuff up, and, like, if you put it together, fine, but I'm not going to be giving you any extra info. Really, all we get out of him is that he was abused in this house too. And and that's the cycle of abuse. Yeah, that's it. And so he's like, he's like, I like to kill. He's like, yeah. He's like, he killed people. And then he went to Alaska, killed yeah. some more people. And then he came back, started to kill again. And it's totally at random. He's like, there'll be a girl in a green dress, there'll be in a girl in blue jeans. Like, and that I don't know if you what is it, murder by numbers that like Sandra Bullock, where it's like, yeah, these people that are serial killers, they like do have to do it by random because if there starts to be like a profile, then they can. Thomasetti's can figure it out. So this is, he's been able to evade this and he's also in law enforcement. He's in law enforcement, which is why also too, the whole thing is all these bodies are found and there's never any DNA or physical evidence, which yes, obviously someone them. in law enforcement would know. But my, but the thing too is to me, this is actually a lot more chilling than the uh, classic monologue we get. Yes. Because the monologue, because the monologue usually serves to humanize and try to create logic out of someone's madness. And this guy is literally like, 
He's like, nope, I do it because I want to. Yep. And that's so scary because you're literally like, he's out here, sheriff, shaking hands, being like, I'm here to help. And then in his off time, he's riding around being like, you want to ride with me, young lady? It's like, that's way scarier than someone who's like, I'm. you took my mother's house and right. I am trying to reclaim it. It's like, okay, well. Yeah, it's not for revenge. It's for sport. Yeah, oh, which means gosh. you're just going to keep doing it forever. Whereas I think people for revenge, it's like, well, I got my revenge. I'm done. You would hope. Yeah. I don't know. So it's so scary. And then, and Kate though, she's, you know, she's being tied up. Kate's been tied up and she's trying to obviously uh, loosen her bindings, get her arms free. And he's got all of these chemicals and stuff that he uses, you know, to clean, to drain, all this kind of gross stuff. Mm-hmm. And Kate manages to like, she's like, you know, squirming and moving and she knocks stuff over it catches on fire so now there's like a blaze mm-hmm. sheriff sheriff Nate falls over Thomas said he does like find her he runs up but like Nate shoots at him the place is like filling with smoke and fire he starts to get unsteady again he needs which we've a drink seen. he needs a drink he needs his drink he says when his adrenaline spikes that's when he like and so like he's in this situation and Kate I love it Kate literally she goes John no no not now come here I loved her just being like, no, you're going to yeah. keep it together and get your butt over to me. Pretend you took a shot. Pretend you took a shot. <laughs> like, she's like, get it together. There's some rubbing alcohol on the ground. Chase <laughs> it. <laughs> he's like, so he's able to get to her, untie her. They run out. Sheriff Nate's run out of the house and he's yep. like trying to find a place to hide. I mean, everything's abandoned in every which direction. Oh, it's like, it, and it's winter. I know. It's terrifying. And then, but he's like in a barn. He's like hidden in a barn. But again, because they've mobilized the Amish, like, all, and you know all these Amish, they got guns. They can't use technology, yeah. but they can use a shotgun. Absolutely. And they, and they, were, they are out here. They are ready. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's cornered. There's nowhere mm-hmm. for him to go mm-hmm. in this barn. And then it's actually, I didn't see, Hot Lucas. Hot Lucas, for some mm-hmm. reason, is the one. Not what? a member of law enforcement. No. Hot Lucas walks into that barn. And basically disarms Sheriff Nate. Not not by doing anything physical. He literally just is like, you're cornered. Give me the gun. And he just <laughs> like keeps walking towards him. And to me, this is misogyny because l- we know Sheriff Nate has been exsanguinating and like mutilating b- women. Mm-hmm. And yet a man walks close to him and he can't bring himself to pull the trigger. Mm. Or do you think he's so taken by Lucas's hotness? That he can't do it. Because I said, why couldn't he shoot Lucas? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it's really. And I'm like, why did Lucas do that? But it's like, Lucas has no Lucas fear. Is, Lucas you know, is he goes, the love of my life left me. And I'm the hottest person here. And this is the job for me as the <laughs> hot man to walk up and go put the gun down. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets him to stop. They, they cuff Sheriff Nate. Kate's like, thank you. And then Lucas just like walks away into the night. He's such a smoldering hunk. And then the next thing we see is Kate is back at her desk as chief of police. She's been reinstated, I guess. We don't know yeah. what's going on with the mayor. He might no, have stepped and down. I, he might have stepped down. He stepped, I mean, he can't be working. He can't be working. Yeah, we need we need peace for the mayor. I, we really do. Oof. Yeah. And then she's leaving her office, and Thomas said he's outside. He's like, can I take you to dinner before I go? And we see that he's been shot in the arm, but he's yeah. going to be okay. Hopefully, this is the start of his sobriety journey. And yeah, he's in a sling. And I was like, oh, so he didn't try and get killed this time. Like, he got shot and was like, oh, no. And exactly. it seems like earlier, he'd been like, wait, can you do it again? But then, and so Kate's like, yeah, you can take me to dinner. They get in her car. Mm-hmm. As Kate is in her car, Lucas is riding by in his buggy. And they make eyes at each other. For a while. A while. I said, don't you crash that horse into something. But I got to tell you, in that moment, I was like, is it wrong that I want her to break up his Amish family and get back with him? No, they are 
they truly have something. And like the eyes are sexual and like he's looking at her like she's got it. And she's looking at him like, mm. I said, that, get them together. I said, I need it. I was like, where's Jakob? It was just too it was much. But then, yeah, but I hope. I mean, I hope she had sex with Tomasetti one more time before he goes back to the big city. Yeah, I want him away, though. I'm like, give me her and Lucas. Yeah. But her, but, and then, like, maybe get him out of Amish life as well. He mm-hmm. becomes a model. They travel the world. I don't know. This is my hope. Is there a sequel? <laughs> After this, then we see Kate having another winter morning run. And the difference this time is Kate's running. We see someone wave at her. Mm-hmm. An Amish man. An Amish man acknowledges her. She mm-hmm. is perhaps not totally excommunicated. Perhaps her ridding the community of a serial killer who was actually the sheriff, who Ugh. was a non-Amish person. He's an outsider. I said, maybe now this has earned her a wave as she runs. The end. The end. And I got to tell you, I loved every second of it. Twist turns terror. Yeah, it was a really excellent movie. It packed some punches. Uh, obviously, some punches. Samuel, who we didn't even know, Killing him. Well, he was murdered by C. Thomas Al. Um, yeah. But him dying and the mayor's daughter, it just really, I mean, it oh was my gosh. But there's, again, she's like, I like the moody. I like, mm-hmm. I also like being dropped into a world, right? Like, uh-huh. it's not like we go in too deep, but it's like, this is, we're in this Amish community. People are like speaking in. Yes. You know, not, even though they weren't Amish, like they had learned the language. I was like, okay, we're like, we're somewhere different. We're doing something different. And I think, like, when I heard an Amish murder, I was like, oh, this is going to be cheesy. Like, I think there's a, Sometimes Amish things can border on like silly because mm-hmm. they almost play up these stereotypes. But this felt very real as yeah. someone who knows nothing about Amish people. And just, yeah, you, the it was world, grounded. yeah, the world really um, resonated with us. And the, the acting was top notch. More from Mona. I could have used more from Mona. We could use more Mona. Absolutely. So, you guys, as you can tell, we're very pleased. We hope you enjoyed it, too. And if you haven't seen it, you got to watch it, okay? And speaking of things you got to watch, next week, we are coming to you with a lifetime classic, you know, a banger, something that, you know, Megan and I have already even seen it. It's, like, so good, we couldn't even put it down. This movie is called Her Fiancé's Double Life. Assistant District Attorney Darcy Young who's invited to her parents' country home to meet her sister's new fiancé, Thomas Schur. Already dubious at the speed of her sister's whirlwind romance, Darcy begins to notice suspicious behavior and becomes convinced that Thomas is a danger to her entire family. Now, y'all, this movie premieres Saturday, April 22nd, only on Lifetime. So you better watch it while you can. You gotta get into it. Speaking of good production value, I'll gorgeous country home we see in this. Oh, yeah. This is some of the best country country homework yeah. of all the films we've ever seen. Absolutely agree. All right. Well, I'm going to go be Amish and take a nap. <laughs> and I'm going to be Amish and eat a whole chicken. Is Amish? <laughs> I don't know. The point is, we'll see you next week. Bye. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, That's my jam. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. 
I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by the Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now if you've gotten to this point. You should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. Copyright 2023 a and Television Networks, LLC. All rights reserved. Ha <laughs> ha!